It's no accident, I think, that the first electronics project everybody does with a new microcontroller is to make a light blink. It's a very satisfying physical sensation to say, hey, let there be light. And I did it. I made light. Welcome to Kids Lab, a podcast for parents, educators, and everybody interested in STEAM education. I'm talking to Deborah Ansel. She's the creator of the blog Geek Mom Projects and the founder of Bright Wearables. They sell hackable and customizable accessories for kids. Deborah is a technophile mom of three boys and always looking for new projects to tackle. I love what she wrote in the About Me section of her blog. I decided to start blogging because, as Adam Savage of Mythbusters says, the only difference between screwing around and science is writing it down. So her blog, geekmanprojects.com, is filled with creative project ideas for those who want to make stuff together with their kids. Most projects include some kind of LED lighting, laser cutting, or the popular BBC microbit. The projects Deborah shows you to make also look really terrific. Check the show notes at kidslab.dev for the links to the teeny tiny Edgelid trophy or the Edgelid Pendant, for example. Some of the projects will require you to get access to a laser cutter. So now you have finally a good reason to sign up for the makerspace close to you. Deborah turned her passion into a business and is also the founder of brightwearables.com. There, she's selling bags and backpacks that contain colorful circles of light that you control with code. Kids can code these bags themselves and then use their new knowledge of coding to design and display personalized patterns that reflect their mood. I love the fact that their creations are meant to be used in everyday life, as a backpack or as a stylish accessoire you carry around and show to others. Coding-wise, their kits are powered by the microbit and a specially designed so-called brightboard is the accessory you need to get started with the microbit. The brightboard gives the microbit access to the RGB LEDs and also provides power to the microbit and the accessory board. Once more, please check out kidslab.dev for the show notes and links, including many images of Deborah's projects. Again, that's kidslab.dev. So hi, Deborah. Thanks so much for taking the time. Welcome to the Kids Lab podcast. How are you today? Um, I'm doing well, thank you. All things considered, I end a lot of my sentences with all things considered these days, but I'm fortunate that I'm with my family and I'm doing productive work. So I hope you're doing well as well. Yes, I'm also fine. Thank you so much. So Deborah, to get started, um, did I get that right that you're a mom of three boys, but at the same time, many of the projects that I found on your website are really kind of, um, it's about tech for girls, especially. So can you give, give me the story here? So is there, um, how does it come? It's a good question and a bit of a long story. I've always loved science. I grew up reading pop books on popular science. But I didn't get into hands-on tech and making until actually after I had kids. I studied physics and math in college and went on to get a master's degree in physics. But I'd never really played with electronics as a child or done hands-on you know, circuit building. I remember distinctly in college having electronics lab. And it was really pretty mystifying to me. I could learn the theory. But I'd had no actual experience building circuits before I took that class. So it was very frustrating. I thought that when things went wrong, when I would 
blow up a capacitor because I plugged it in backwards or shorted an IC. Yes, <laughs> exactly. But that's common, right? And now I just laugh when it happens. But then, you know, if, if the magic smoke came out of my circuit, I thought it meant I wasn't any good at it. Uh, only later, when I found the maker community on the internet, did I really realize that these are part of the learning process, these experiences. And I'd see examples that other people created. And I got to experiment with the process myself in my own time and in my own way. And it was particularly helpful to me to see that people I, I admired whose projects I really uh, got excited about, they would post mistakes they made along the way. It was a revelation. I realized that I could make electronics projects really as well as anybody. It was, And the mistakes I made were common. And it just meant I was learning, not that I wasn't good. Very cool. Yes, thank you. And just to just to add to that, you know, I in looking at that, I think that's informed a lot of what I do now because I really wish I'd had electronics kits to play with as a child. I think that I might have followed a slightly different educational path. There just weren't the opportunities and what kits there were weren't marketed to girls. So I think I would have performed a more a, pursued a more technological path if I'd had those early education opportunities available in electronics and physical computing. So do you think there are actually enough projects and project kits for boys out there, but specifically for girls, there's a, there's a bigger need right now? You know, I'm not sure if it's the uh, way, if that there's a distinction between kits for boys and girls. I think that's a bit artificial, but I do think the distinction is in the way that they're marketed and the way that you, you know, the pictures on the kits show boys building circuits and boys. I You know, I'm attracted to very non-traditional things, and I think girls are too. So I don't think the problem is a lack of kits. I do think it's a marketing message more so than that. Although I do think that there's a tendency for current physical computing education to be focused on really two primary areas, robotics and, you know, just electronics, breadboarding, you know, ICs mm -hmm. and things like that. But, you know, I think that electronics and programmable Uh, programmable electronics and microcontrollers are really everywhere. And there's such a huge uh, variety of possibilities to pursue that. I do think it would be nice to see those other possibilities, you know, marketed as, as intensively as robotics and electronics kits. So let's talk a bit about your blog, geekmomprojects.com, which is an excellent name, by the way. Thank you. Um, it's really filled with awesome projects, very colorful ones. And for example, I, I remember the Edgelit Pendant, for example. It's like a mixture of laser cutting and electronics, I believe. Yeah. So you seem to have a passion for LEDs. Is that correct? What's cool about them? Oh, LEDs are amazing. And I wish I could explain why they're so appealing. I know there's a, a definitely universal appeal. Uh, we're all, of course, drawn to fireworks shows, right? Those attract big crowds. And it's no accident, I think, that the first electronic, electronics project everybody does with a new microcontroller is to make a light blink. It's a very satisfying physical sensation to say, hey, let there be light. And I did it. I <laughs> made light. <laughs> that's, that's the first, right? You know, you're following a pretty good role model there, I think. Absolutely. So where do you get the inspiration for all these projects? Uh, that also a good question. My inspiration is mostly from other projects I've seen by other makers, and that it was an enormous uh, motivating factor in starting the blog. I felt that I it really got me started to see what other people had created and how they'd explained it, and the process was incredibly incredibly educational. So I wanted to share back 
you know, what I had experienced and hopefully could inspire somebody else to, to, you know, to follow the same path or to follow their own path, but use my ideas as inspiration. And it's so incredibly gratifying to me when somebody tags me and said, Hey, you know, I got this idea from geek mom and look, look what I did now. Uh, so, but, and the, so the inspiration tends to come from things I see mostly online, but it always evolves. I'm in my head a lot. I'm a very distractible person, which is a disadvantage for a lot of things, but it is really an advantage, uh, I think, to the creative process, because what will happen is I'll see something and I don't look at it and kind of examine what's there. My mind immediately wanders to, but well, what if you took this project and put it in a dress? What if you, you that robotic arm is neat, but what if it's like, uh, could serve you breakfast. I mean, that's an example I got from Simone Gers. I can't pronounce her last name, but uh, she does this one, you know, does these wonderful creative projects that are unlike anything you've ever seen with robots. And it, it's brilliant. I think that that's inspiring to take a typical, uh, a typical kind of, you know, electronics idea and, and put it in an entirely new context. And that's, Again, that happens just inside my head. Um, and I would have to say about 90% of my ideas end up being crap, but the 10% that work are a lot of fun to pursue. Yeah, and that's, that's enough actually, right? <laughs> uh, it turns out, yes. I, I have a backlog of ideas that I, I really want to get to that I'm not letting myself work on until I finish what I'm doing. <laughs> Very cool. So, Deborah, you're also the founder of Bright Wearables. Uh, you developed an add-on board for the BBC Microbit, and it's meant to be added to backpacks or other fashion, for example. So, can you tell us a bit more about your company and also the so-called Bright Board, I think? Yes, absolutely. Uh, the Bright Board preceded the company. It was The product was definitely the inspiration for the company. As I said, I have a lot of ideas um, and most of them I'm just really, you know, happy to like share as they come and watch them evolve. When I got the idea for the Brightboard, it really struck me that, hey, this is something others might enjoy. And let me back up and explain what it is. Um, I got introduced to the Microbit, um, a wonderful educational physical computing platform aimed at kids um, in teaching kids to code and, you know, basic electronics. And I... I had started with electronics education and teaching, trying to get kids to learn with a breadboard in our Arduino and found that very difficult. So researching around when I came across the microbit, which is very big in Europe, but not so big in America. So it was a little, you know, wasn't as obvious as, as uh, here as it would have been had I been European based. Uh, I was really excited by, All the possibilities I saw with it, you know, it has so many built-in sensors and an amazingly comprehensive existing educational environment um, already built in. So it was a great way to get started and it was very easy to get started teaching with it. But because I spent so much time experimenting with the board to come up with lesson plans, I, of course, wondered, well, what else can we do with it? And then my mind went to the place it usually does and said, well, hey, you know, could it be used in wearables? And I There were boards out there that hooked the microbit up to RGB programmable LEDs, but not in a way I, I played with some of those and loved, of course, the power of controlling the colors and patterns of the LEDs with this simple educational platform. But none of them, for various reasons, none of them were perfectly well suited to work in wearables. Like one of them got too hot. Um, another one just didn't have the microbit and the LEDs facing in the right direction to use for wearables. So I started playing around and that was actually how I learned, that was my introduction to uh, PCB design, which was 
a tremendously uh, functional tool that it, it, it was the motivation I needed. I'd always been wanting to learn how to design my own PCBs, but never had you know a good reason. And that got me started down the path of PCB design and what can you do with it. Um, so again, I decided to design a PCB that would allow the microbit to control LEDs, which could make wearables uh, colorful and controllable. And because the microbit has the built-in sensors, allow those uh, your that the colors you're displaying on whatever you're wearing to react to the environment. And the best thing about microbit, I think, is that, of course, it has built-in Bluetooth that's easy to use. And, you know, I thought, this is great. I could make a project. I could make wearables that react easily to your friends coming in the room if they're wearing one. Your your clothes could coordinate. And so I developed the board. There was a long process, uh, but it was really educational. Uh, I'm a big fan of now, you know, PCB-based electronics now that I feel more comfortable with the process. And once I had the board going, um, it actually led me – I I was excited to come up with a novel way to embed this board uh, in wearables. Um, So I actually applied in for and received a patent um, for a a system that securely attaches a circuit board to the interior of a wearable. In this case, because of the way the American patent system works, it was specifically a bag uh, because that's the, that was the, um, I couldn't get it more general than that. And that was the product I produced. So, one thing leading to another, uh, the bright board gave me the idea to use it in a system of bags and backpacks, which led to me producing this uh, this product line, and that led to the creation of the company to share the idea with others. Wow, such a cool story, really. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks. for sharing that. <laughs> so you. do you have any plans to add more products? I mean, for example, here in Germany, we have the Kayope Mini, which is based on a BBC microbit. But then over in the US, I guess, you know, in a board that is probably way more prominent than a microbit might be the Adafruit Circuit Playground, for example. Any plans for these? Well, yes, I do have a version of the bright board that works with the circuit playground. Um, it's a little different because, of course, the circuit playground has its own LEDs. I love the circuit playground, too. I think it's a wonderful tool. So I have ideas to expand the uh, bright board itself to accept other microcontrollers. I also have ideas to expand the line of uh, bags that it works with. The whole point of the system and what is so creative about it is that it's modular, that a single bright board can work in many different wearable items. So I would love to expand the line of wearable items beyond right now, if you look, there's kind of two backpack style purses and a crossbody phone purse. I would like to add a school backpack. Uh, and I have some ideas for other wearable items that can use the same attachment mechanism. Now, I still have a lot of content and marketing I'd like to do for the existing system. So my goal is to kind of focus on building the product and brand I have now. But yes, I definitely have ideas for expansion for the future. Cool. That's something to watch out for sure. So while I would not say that the Brightboard projects are only for girls, at least on the website, the images that I found on the website, they really seem to attract more girls than boys. And I'm not sure if you're going down the cliche road now again, basically, and this is a bit more... Now, it may, might come down to just purely marketing, actually, but um, but when it comes to designing or creating a STEM project for girls, what do you think are the important aspects? That is a good question. I listened to your podcast with Lorraine Underwood, whom I admire tremendously and who wrote the wonderful book, Save the World with Code. And she's also another LED devotee, uh, which is great. We stick together. And I thought found it fascinating when she explained that 
part of the reason her book was based on the idea of fighting zombies is that it was actually an attractor for girls because they want to save the world with their projects, which you know, was, was an interesting idea uh, for me to contemplate. What I'd like to do is having worked as a software engineer, uh, the stereotype and the actual practice of a lot of the way, you know, coding and electronics is practiced is kind of this solo inventor working by themselves. I think that, first of all, coding can be something that works better if people do it together. I think so. And the microbit is well built for interactivity. First of all, in a wearable, you get to show it off to people and, uh, you know, it, it sparks all kinds of conversations and it's a great icebreaker. Uh, and I think that's something girls do appreciate, the social aspects. And I think that you can code it, the ability to code uh, your wearables or any project really to communicate with your friend's project, I think is appealing to girls who might be turned off by kind of the image of the isolated solo programmer in their little room hunched over their computer. When in reality, there's so many, so many social creative aspects of coding that I think uh, people don't really realize. So in an email conversation, you told me that you're volunteering with a group called PS Science. And that's a group that brings science education to public elementary schools in poor Los Angeles neighborhoods. And I think due to Corona, you needed to take that online. And we thought it's a great idea to, to talk a bit about it. So, so what was your experience and what, what have you done for, for these workshops? Thanks for asking, because PS Science is a really wonderful practical, effective organization. I'm a big believer in um, early education and the fact that small gaps in opportunity early on lead to enormous chasms of opportunity as, as kids age. So it's really important to get kids started young. And um, PS Science attempts to remedy some of the inequities by creating a science curriculum that they not only bring to underserved classrooms, but they help by educating the teachers in how to bring science and technology to their classrooms themselves. So even if the PS science group is no longer there, the teachers can continue with these lesson plans that were developed. Uh, and I came in, you know, and saw what they were doing and was immediately fascinated. And given my coding background, you know, offered to help develop a coding curriculum for them, which went over very well, especially with a microbit. The microbit Uh, proved to be a really perfect tool to bring into classrooms to teach the kids, and they get very excited about it. And this particular organization has a two-week summer camp, uh, which the kids from, the, they serve different schools in Los Angeles, but a subset of the kids get to attend a two-week in-person camp every year. And of course, for coronavirus reasons, that camp could not take place physically. And when brainstorming for projects that we could do to transfer the camp online, the microbit was really a wonderful tool for a lot of reasons. So number one, because it really, you can do so many different projects with a single setup, you know, the, the, the flexibility of changing the way the microcontroller works just by changing your code was good. Uh, the microbit organization has a wonderful online um, code sharing system already in existence. They've done fun things with their, uh, the code, the, uh, Make code coding environment has actually a built in green screen. So you can actually project yourself behind the code you're building in real time. It makes it very easy to kind of teach while still like staying in touch kind of visibly with the kids because you don't want the kids staring at their computer, just watching code blocks move around. It helps if you can kind of interact with it. And, you know, so for a very minimal amount 
of electronics we included in a kit. We gave each kid a micro bit, two alligator clips, and a piezo buzzer. And then I had designed a kind of a simple carrying case uh, that the kids could lace up themselves. With that was one of the projects we did. Um, we were able to create, you know, five, and I could have done ten. We just ran out of time. Different projects using the micro bit and those minimal, minimal uh, that minimal setup. So we did a, you know, they. They always love the music. No matter what you do, the kids love to make music. The microbit and create their own. That's very popular. And then using the piezo buzzer, we also did one of Lorraine Underwood's projects, which was the cookie jar alarm, which was a lot of fun. And the carrying case allowed them to, we did a couple of things with that. We made a step counter, which is a project that microbit themselves put up on their website. And, you know, a mood badge also from the microbit website. So you can walk around and just visibly showing, you know, how you're feeling at any given moment. And those, and there were so many other projects we could have done without any additional equipment. It really made an ideal resource for uh, at-home education. In addition to which, the microbit website has so many wonderful built-in tutorials and videos that they've even added recently that the nice thing was having given the kids these kits, once the two weeks was over, we were able to say, and if you want to continue on your note on your own at your own pace, here are these wonderful resources. So I do hope the kids will be able to kind of keep going now that we've been able to point, get them started. So yeah, it proved to be an ideal teaching tool. So would you consider to continue these remote micro bits based science classes? I mean, is this something you, you learn to love now, basically, or would you return to some physical classes again, basically? It's always better when you can be in the room with the students, but I think what was so wonderful about this experience is that is that I'd learned just what an effective tool the microbit can be to teach remotely as well. And I think the advantage of this now is that I can, you know, Los Angeles is a very big place. I think I would give me the tools to be able to teach kids in places I couldn't necessarily reach. I would definitely prefer to be teaching in person, but I do think there's an enormous amount of value to just being able to teach anybody um, in anywhere now. And I feel very comfortable doing that. I think it's well set up for that. So yes, I, I will do both in the future. Excellent. So that's actually some positive takeaway from this, from these challenging times, I would say. Yes. Yes, it is. So Deborah, what's coming up for the rest of the year? I mean, we still got some months um, with Corona probably. Is there anything special plans or are you, is there something you're really looking forward to that you would like to share? Well, I'm working. I'm always working on new projects. Uh, I have, I will say, doing bright wearables uh, really opened up a a new horizon with me. With my, you know, now that I feel comfortable designing and executing PCBs, printed circuit boards. So I do have a new wearables project that's been keeping me busy for a while. That's PCB based. This is not codable. This is more for adults and a little bit more elegant. I don't want to give away too much more than that because it's still evolving. Uh, but uh, yeah, so that is, that's the goal I'm trying to focus on. And of course, new ideas come up all the time. The trick is to curate them. I would love to do a micro bit based kit that allows kids to control. You've seen my edge lit projects on Geek Mom Project. So I really am working on creating a micro bit controlled edge lit project kit that would allow kids to kind of design and program um, their own edge lit projects at home. Excellent. So once you have something, please let me know. Then we can put it into the show notes. And Great. thanks so much, Deborah. It was excellent talking to you. Stay healthy and all the best for the future. Thank you. Thank you very much, Sven. It was lovely talking to you as well. Bye. 
I hope you enjoyed this episode with Deborah, the founder of brightwearables.com. We've been talking a lot about Steam projects, especially for girls. I recommend you visit kidslab.dev for the show notes, images and links. In the next episode, I'm talking to Natasha Journey from TechnoChic. TechnoChic TechCraft kits provide resources, inspiration and supplies for crafters to explore technology and techies to explore craft. <laughs>